Welcome to the NinersNation.com Better Rivals Podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week it is a bit of a bonus episode. Not a regular episode, but in fact something a little different from the norm. We have a special guest with us this week, Kyle Posey, new editor of NinersNation.com, and we're going to talk a little bit about the SB Nation mock draft. Kyle, how's it going? Doing well, man. How about you? How are you doing? I am doing swimmingly, but let's talk a little bit about what the hell you're doing here. Uh, and let's talk about this mock draft a bit because it's the SB Nation mock draft. We were able to pick a player and now we're going to talk a little bit about it. But before we get to that, I kind of wanted to let the folks know who you are, why you're the new editor of Niners Nation and, and kind of where what your, your background was. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Uh, obviously, a lot of you guys have no idea who I am. I came out of the blue, but I mean, I've, I've been around just the football community for quite a while. I, uh, in 2013, was my very, very first start introduction to SB Nation on the Chargers website. So I was, I was pretty, pretty heavy into the Chargers stuff. But I've always been into, you know, drafts and watching other teams in the NFL, watching free agents. And so when this position opened up, when Fooch decided to move on, uh, one of the, the head guys reached out to me and said, hey, man, why don't you, uh, you're interested in writing about the Niners? So we just went through the whole interview process and uh, just sounded like it was a good matchup really liked what the 49ers were going to do. They like, you know, some of the things that I'd be able to go, maybe more of a football-centric site. So that's where we're at right now. And we're just kind of rolling with the punches as it goes. Now, of course, that's David Fuchillo. He was the, the longtime editor of Niners Nation. He, he started the, the board really back in the days before it got acquired by SB Nation. And, and I'm glad that he's, you know, he's a friend of mine. We, we've hung out a few times and, and I'm glad that he's going to, better, to bigger and better things. But it was it was a little uh, interesting having you know a Chargers fan, a reformed Chargers fan, we'll call it, uh, come over and, and tackle some of the Niners stuff. So what? Uh, how are you going to manage you know dealing with your own wrongness uh, on a daily basis? How are you going to manage that? So it's perfect because in 2016, like one of my favorite players in the draft was DeForest Buckner, and I actually had Buckner rated higher than Joey Bosa, which was probably wrong. But still, I, I think that that's probably accurate. <laughs> <laughs> now it, it feels so good to be on the right side of things. <laughs> Always finding the silver lining, Kyle. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, this SB Nation draft project, it, it really is just kind of a mock draft with all the SB Nation sites where we get to pick a player and it goes in order. So the Arizona Cardinals pick first uh, and they picked Kyler Murray. So then we get to pick second and there were no trades. I think that was one of the criteria for the mock draft. Uh, and so with the second overall pick, Kyle, who did the 49ers pick? Right. So no trade. You got to stand pat. And uh, this was pretty easy for me. And, and there's some there is some really good players in the draft, but. 49ers are going to take Nick Bosa just because that is the best player available for the best fit and it complements everybody else the best. So it just makes too much sense to pass on Nick Bosa here. So I think on, I mean, obviously, if you've listened to our show, you know that that probably if we had to stand pat at two and Bosa was there at two, he's the pick. You got a lot of fans saying that Quinn Williams, though, is, you know, best player available. You go with best player available. Why didn't you go with someone like Quinn Williams? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the world of Quinn Williams, by the way, I think he's going to be very good. And I also think that just a duo of him and Buckner would be deadly. But I also think that going Bosa just gives you a little bit more flexibility. And you have Buckner, so you already have a dominant inside force. You have speed coming off the edge. And Bosa isn't speed, but he's not like pure power either. He's just a little bit of everything. And, you know, that's what it just kind of gives you that consistent edge threat opposite of D Ford. So he just made a lot of sense. He's just a really, really good football player and the type of consistency that the 49ers need on defense. 
you know, I too think that Quinn Williams is probably going to be a fantastic prospect. But when I look at the the positional value that edge gets you, the ability to get to the pressure from the edge, edge pressure is a little bit more valuable than interior pressure when you look at its effect on the game. Both of those players, I think, would be good. I think if Bosa weren't there, then Quinn and Williams would have been the pick. But you look at someone like Nick Bosa, and he has all of the things that you want out of a prospect coming into the NFL. He has production. He's got the physical traits that you want. And he plays a position that's a little bit more valuable than, than Quinn and Williams. I mean, his production and his ability to dominate tackles at the collegiate level was, I mean, he's just so technical. That's the word that kept jumping to mind when I would watch tape on him is he's such a technician. He would cleanly win and cleanly defeat blocks regularly. And, and he did it with hands. He did it with inside moves. He did it with outside moves. And, and it's that kind of stuff that, think, that I think projects really well to the NFL. And I think it's going to give the 49ers a pretty dominant defensive line, one that can help them close out games. Yeah, and I think it's not just him being consistent, like him consistently winning. I think it's him consistently winning so fast. Like he's always one, two, bye-bye. That's what it seemed like. He was always getting past guys in a hurry and the quarterback had to get rid of it a lot sooner than he wanted to. And that's exactly what you look for in, in a defensive end. So coming off the edge, yeah, he's going to be a, he's going to be pretty tough to stop at the next level. Yeah. Charles McDonald did a really good piece where he talked to, he talked to the different uh, prospects uh, on the edge as pass rushers and said, what's your favorite go-to move. And I think Nick Bosa's was the, the kind of double hand sweep where he just completely moves the tackle's hands off of his body and allows him to get either around the edge um, or, or do what he wants to with those tackles. So I think if the Niners end up with this pick, it'll be fantastic. But I think the next question that lots of fans are going to have is, okay, then maybe DeForest Buckner, you know, what, what do you do? Um, where do they line up, right? That's the question. It's like, well, where does D4 line up? Does he play Sam? Does he play whatever? I think fans that have listened to the Better Rivals podcast know that we don't really think it matters all that much because you play 70% of your defensive snaps in nickel. But, it, you know, I, I'd love to hear your kind of take on it. Where would you align now the pieces that the 49ers have on the defensive line? So what, what comes to mind to me when we ever talk about defense is third downs. Like, that's all that I care about. I don't care what's going to happen on first and 10 because the majority of the time, like you mentioned, they're going to be in these passing situations probably upwards to 70% of the time. So what I what I think this does is it just gives you more flexibility. It gives you the ability to have Bosa, Ford, Buckner all line up on the same side of the center, which is pretty dangerous. And you're going to get a one-on-one situation and somebody's probably going to win. So that's that's what I look at it like, just the, the ability to be a lot more creative on defense than you could with Quinn Williams, who again, we, I think we both agree is going to be really good, but Bosa just allows you to do more. Was there any other player that you considered taking second overall, knowing that Kyler Murray went first? Um, just just Quentin Williams, honestly. And I do think there are going to be some very productive edge rushers that are, you know, after Bosa. But I just think that he's technically, technically speaking, like you mentioned, his hands, you're, you're not supposed to be as proficient with your hands as he is. And he... Um, to be able to have not only a go-to move, but to be able to counter off what offensive tackles can do just or what your initial move is. A lot of guys can't do that. And for him to already have those type of moves is pretty impressive. And that's why I went with him at number two. What about you? Would you go in a different direction or who else would you give thought to at number two? I think at this point, I, I really wouldn't give thought to anyone else. I think the other person that's buzzing in this area, if you've been following the 49ers, is Josh Allen. 
And I think Josh Allen similarly will probably end up having a, a decent enough career. But Derek Klassen did a really good breakdown of him uh, for Football Outsiders where he outlined a lot of the same concerns that I've got with him, which is that he does win at a really high rate. And I think that there's something to be said for winning at a high rate at the NFL or in college. Winning at a high rate, full stop, I think is important to note. But at the NFL level, I think you've got to have more than one way to win. And Josh Allen has one way to win, which is with speed to the outside. And I think he can, he can win, you know, in the NFL that way. But when you've got tackles who are super athletic and are going to pass at him in a way that's going to cut that off, what does he have as a counter? He can develop a counter, sure, but he didn't show that in college. And it, we know that if you do something well in college, the chances of you doing being able to do that consistently well in the pros only increases. And so when you look at someone like Bosa, his ability to do all of these things right now means that he's probably not going to have a problem transitioning to the pros. Maybe Josh Allen will. And, and maybe, you know, when you go against more athletic players, he's not going to be able to get around the edges frequently. Uh, and so that's probably why I wouldn't consider him, because I do think Quinnen Williams is a better all-around prospect along the interior. Because um, Quinnen Williams isn't just a good interior guy. He's like one of the best interior prospects to come out in the draft in a, in a, in a while, in, in a very, very long while. Um, probably since maybe Indomitian and Sue at this point. So, so that's probably the, why I would only really consider those two players. And Josh Allen is just kind of a, a tier below, um, considering there are no trade downs, because I, I would love to be able to, to trade my way into a lot of picks. Would you say that the recent draft picks, just the recent investments, would hold you back from, you know, considering Williams even stronger? Because I, I actually totally agree. I think that Williams is very, very good. And man, Buck, Buckner's really good as well. But if not, you know, if not for maybe, you know, the, the last couple of picks, that has to be sitting in your mind there. But again, Williams, he's, it's obvious to see that he's a stud. You don't have to watch 14 games to understand that he's really, really good. You know, I, I think that's a really good question. And I'll, I'll tell you, Kyle, when I first, like before I watched any tape on Quinton Williams, the thought of drafting another interior lineman, another three technique that could maybe rush the passer from the inside. It made me physically sick. It was like, oh, gee, like again, really? Come on. This is, this is now four years in a row where you're going to throw resources at this defensive line. And, and it's not like last year. I mean, last year the defensive line did well, but it's not like it was a, a world-stopping stop, defensive, defensive line. But man, after I watched some tape of Williams, I, I, just, I got more and more convinced that he could really help this team along the interior. I don't think it's much of a concern if we were to draft Williams because I think that you need a rotation on defense. And I think this team really values the front seven as the thing that makes their defense go more so than I think the secondary. And you can take issue with that, but I think that's just what the team believes. And and so I I don't think it's a problem at all. Um, I do think if they were to take Quinn and Williams, it's a little bit of an admission that Solomon Thomas probably isn't going to pan out. But, you know, you know, it's it's better to admit your wrong decision and move on than it is to hold on to that wrongheadedness for, for too long, just be, just out of stubbornness. So I wouldn't mind it. It wouldn't give me pause. Um, but but that's just because of the type of prospect that Quinn Williams is. Um, but let's let's not make this a Quinn Williams show. Let's talk just one more thing about Bosa. If you were to identify what your favorite thing was about watching Bosa's tape, what would that be? Probably just his hands. The one thing that I gravitate towards and why I am more out than in on Josh Allen is because I do believe that you have to have hand, um, you have to be able to use your hands. You have to be able to counter off of whatever move that you're trying to do. 
And it's going to take, you know, guys that aren't able to, that just win one way, it's going to take them longer to adjust, longer longer to just get used to the game. So for me, it was just, it's pretty simple. Bosa is just proficient with his hands and not a lot of guys are that are coming out. And there's a reason that he's going to go this high is because of that. So him, him being that good with his hands tells me that he's going to be really good early on in the NFL, which matters. How about you? You know, for me, it really is his ability to adjust to what the tackle is presenting to him. I think that's a really difficult thing for players to do. And the fact that he's exhibited that ability early on in his collegiate career uh, is is really promising for his projection to the next level. Because it's difficult, I think, for for pass rushers to have a move in their head and then on the fly think, oh, nope, he's setting a little too deep for me to actually run outside. I'm going to counter inside. And Bosa showed the ability to do that on a film repeatedly. And, and that's really, really exciting because it means that he's likely to project well. It's why he's clearly the best pass rusher in this class. Uh, and I think it's why he's going to be, if drafted for the 49ers, a fantastic addition to this team. And one that's going to allow the Niners to do, like you said, some really creative stuff. Because you could overload Armstead and Buckner and Bosa over to one side and then have D Ford as a wide nine on the other. And you can run a lot of stunts. You can isolate players. You can do a lot of really unique and interesting things with those defensive linemen. And when someone gets tired, now you sub in Solomon Thomas. Now you have actually a rotation of players that you can get after the quarterback. And, and I think that's a really, really exciting place for the Niners to be. I would say one last thing on Bosa, bringing up stunts. A lot of people don't know how to run stunts the right way. Bosa, like a, he's a legit team player where he, where he will like get a piece of the offensive lineman to free up his teammate. And that doesn't happen a lot, but Bosa is really selfless in that, in that regard. And isn't he kind of like more athletic than you would think? Because he's not a bad athlete. When, when you look at his athletic testing in the combine, he actually tested out fairly well. He was just outside of the top 10 in his class, but he's a 74th percentile athlete in the NFL, which is plenty good over the bar, just a, just a notch below Josh Allen. But when he would try to get through a lot of that muddle in the middle, if he's running an inside stunt, you think to yourself, oh, dude's going to fall over. And then he doesn't gets through the line and is still able to chase down the quarterback. Um, that That's the kind of stuff that I think is, is really, really good. Yeah, I agree. And just that, I think that kind of speaks to his motor and just his effort as well. But um, one of the, it's funny that one of the knocks is he's not, you know, he's not Khalil Mack at athlete level of athlete, which is pretty silly. Yeah, I think you just got to clear a bar, right? You don't want to be a, a below average athlete. You don't want to test like in the 10th percentile. Once you're into like that 60, 70 percentile area, you you clear the bar and the rest then is on you um, because being a good athlete doesn't guarantee your success. But it, it's rare that you find a really, really good kind of you know amazing player that's a bad athlete. Totally agree. All right. Well, I think that does it for the, the kind of pick recap, Kyle. Uh, it's good to have you on, even if it is a bonus, but I'm sure we'll be hearing a bit more of you on the podcast as we get into the season. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. Take care.